quick question. Is there anything that you can do to make sure that you don't get assessed to write more than five NCA examinations by the Federation of Law Societies of Canada? Question mark. <laughs> You're welcome to this episode of To Practice Law in Ontario. My name is Debbie, as you already know, and today I would like to discuss the quick question I asked 20 seconds ago. Okay, stay with me. I just want to preach the gospel that you do not have to wait until you are completely done with the NTAs before applying for articling. Very little but possibly life-saving tips that may help you draft the perfect, well, near-perfect articling resume. Out key resources on the Law Society of Ontario's website that you should absolutely utilize while preparing for the Ontario Barrister and or Solicitor Examiner. I got called the Ontario Bar like 10 minutes ago. And after we're done with the NCAs and it's time to apply for articling, uh, I'm not sure what the trajectory of subsequent seasons will take, but I'm certain of what I want to do with the first season, which is basically to pay it forward. My name is Debbie, so let's get into it. Okay, so background. When I first relocated to Canada in 2019, I uh, I had just started my research on the NCA assessment process. And if you don't know how that works, you basically have to send an application to the Federation of Law Societies of Canada, uh, and they will determine your eligibility to write the NCAs. And if you're determined to be eligible, they tell you how many NCA exams you have to write. I wrote five, but I had friends who wrote seven, eight, nine. Um, I also knew people who wrote three, but those were mostly people who did a common law LLM degree in Canada. And so, yeah, they were asked to write most times, more often than not, those people were asked to write three exams and then for the rest of us like just me and my circle of friends and my community of people it was usually five exams and upward and so if you were assessed to write five exams and you didn't do a common law llm you would be very excited at at the time because you know it was like the minimum it was generally perceived to be the minimum number of exams you would be asked to write if you didn't have a common law LLM. Okay, so I was putting together my application and one of the documents that, there are three documents that you need to apply. So there's the, you have to get your law school from your home country to send an official copy of your transcript to the FLSE. Uh, you have to get the bar association from your home country to send a letter of good standing on your behalf to the FLSE. And then the one application document that you prepare, you get to prepare yourself, is your resume or curriculum vitae, whatever you call it. And that you're going to have to prepare that yourself and then send it alongside your application package to the FLSE. So... Uh, well, I had already applied for 
other documents and I was pre- preparing my resume. In fact, I drafted my resume and I was in church one Sunday and this amazing woman, I'm not going to mention her name, but she had already started the licensing journey. She had already written a couple of exams. And so she approached me and she's like, oh, Sister Debbie, how are you? And I said, oh, I'm fine. And she said, oh, have you applied you know, for NC assessment? And I said, uh, no, like I've started, but I'm not completely done. But then she said, oh, but have you drafted your resume? Have you sent it? And I said, um, I've drafted my resume. And she said, I, I hope you drafted it in this and this way. I hope you took into consideration this, this, and this. You don't want to get assessed to take seven or eight exams. Or make sure you draft it this way so that you won't get assessed to take more than five exams. I was like, oh, hey, this is how it works. Well, thank you. And I went home and I implemented the advice she gave. Now, I mentioned earlier that I wrote five exams. <laughs> was the advice that she gave me instrumental to that? Like... Did I get assessed to write five exams because I drafted my resume in the way that she advised me to? I don't know. I don't know the veracity, the accuracy, or the efficacy of this piece of advice that I was given. But I'm going to share it with you regardless. Not because I believe in its veracity, but because or its efficacy, but because I think that there's no harm in implementing it. There's no harm in it's just one of those things that, eh, what do you have to lose by trying it out, right? So, yeah. So, that's why I'm going to share that piece of advice with you today. Needless to say, this is not personal opinion. I have absolutely no affiliations with, you know, the NCAs or the Federation of Law Societies of Canada. I don't know anyone who works there. I don't know anyone affiliated with the organiz- the entity no one told me anything. I don't have any insider information. I'm literally just regurgitating the piece of advice that was shared with me, which I've already mentioned. <laughs> I don't know whether it's true and I don't know whether it it works. Okay. I'm just paying it forward. Like I always say, this is also not legal advice. If you need legal advice, you should speak to a lawyer uh, it also doesn't represent the views or opinions of any organization or entity that I am or may be affiliated with. It is literally just copy and paste. I beg go, please. <laughs> okay, so now that we have that out of the way, I'm going to share the piece of advice this woman gave me. And basically she said this. When the NCA asks for your transcripts they're trying to see your academic history right or the flsc the purpose of the nca exams okay let's start from purpose of the nca exams it's basically to make sure that you the lawyer who has moved from a foreign jurisdiction and moved into canada gets to understand like the basics of you know the basic principles of key areas in canadian law right that's i would like to think that that's the overarching purpose so that's the overarching goal right now when they ask for your transcript and resume it is because they want to see like how much um how much education and experience that you have had or that you have in those key areas now uh canada is a common law jurisdiction and so this advice applies to you 
most particularly if you're coming in from a common law jurisdiction, I would think. Uh, and I came in from Nigeria, which is also a common law jurisdiction. And so if you're moving from common law to common law, there will definitely be lots of similarities in the legal principles in certain areas, right? So for instance, the, the principles of the law of contract, that's not something that is like specific to, it's not something that's like tied to the Canadian constitution or Canadian history or something, or say property law, you know, these are areas of law that, um, for them, for a very large part have common law as their foundation. And so if you study them or if you have experience in them in a common law jurisdiction, chances are like when you get here, like the, the, the concept and the principles here won't be strange to you. Right. Um, meanwhile, there are some other courses that, you know, no matter how much law you studied in your home country and regardless of the fact that your home country might be a common law jurisdiction, just like Canada, you know, you still have to come and start afresh, like constitutional law. The constitutional law in your country is definitely different from the constitutional law in 100%. There are two different pieces of document, two different constitutions, right? You can't have studied in another country and say, come here and say, oh, I already have a full grasp of the foundations of Canadian law. Uh, no, you don't. You can't have studied criminal law in your country and come here and say, oh, um, I did criminal law in my country, so I should be good with Canadian criminal law. Uh, the criminal codes are different, right? So there are just certain things that you cannot transfer your knowledge from one jurisdiction to another. Meanwhile, there are certain other areas, like I mentioned, um, contracts, property, torts, that you will most likely be able to, if you come from a common law jurisdiction, you'll most likely be able to transfer like certain knowledge and certain skills like from one jurisdiction to another, okay? So the purpose of the FLSE, according to this woman, uh, requesting for both your transcript and your resume is to see the full breadth of your education and work experience together. So they're able to assess, okay, out of all these key areas, which area does this person have experience in an education in and which area does this person not have experience and education in and you're most likely going to be assessed to write exams in the areas where you fall short okay so the idea of um and this is where her advice comes in or came in she basically said to me Look at your transcripts. You requested for the official copy, but you should have an official, unofficial copy of your transcript. Look at your transcript and go through the NCA website and see the examinations that they usually require people to write, right? And then compare those courses or those subjects with the subject on your transcript. Is there any one of those subjects that is not on your transcript. Maybe it was an elective when you were in university and you didn't, uh, you didn't write it in, in the university. If there is, and you have any work experience in that area, then try to highlight it in your resume. Does that make sense? So for instance, say the, say tort, or yeah, say tort was a, an elective in your university and then you didn't you didn't take it you chose to take something else um, but when you start practicing law in your home country still you did some personal injury matters because you know 
personal injury falls largely under the law of thoughts, right? I don't know. I would like to think just, that's just what my brain tells me. I'm not a, a personal injury lawyer. Um, but yeah, so you would want to highlight your personal injury experience in your resume since your transcript does not fall short of that. Do you get same thing as property? So say property law was an elective in your under your law school and so you didn't take it that's in your home country but when you graduated and you started practicing law you had some real estate experience you want to highlight that real estate experience in your resume because it covers up for you know the gap in your transcripts this also applies like not only if you didn't take a course if you took a course in university or in your law school and you didn't do well at it so say you had a d or an E. You want to make sure that if you have any work experience in that area, you make up for it in your resume. Also, like if you have any corporate experience, you want to highlight that in your resume because that covers up, for instance, for contracts, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that's basically it. I don't want to talk too much. That is just the A to Z of what she told me. And so I went home and I looked at my I looked at my resume and I looked at my work experience. I worked in a like multidisciplinary law firm when I was in Nigeria. So I did have experience in a little bit of everything. Um, but the way I drafted my resume before, it was just uh, the normal resume I sent out. I hadn't really tailored it to fit the purpose for which I was sending into the FLSC. So I looked at my transcripts from my undergraduate law school and the Nigerian law school. And I looked, okay, okay, what areas did I do well? Did I, you know, take in school? And did I do well at? Okay, what areas are falling short when I compare with the uh, the courses or the subjects listed on the NCA's website? And I try to make, make up for that in my resume by highlighting the areas where my transcript fell short. Please, this doesn't mean that if you don't have, if you didn't have any work experience, in a, well, I shouldn't even have to say this you know, but I'm going to say it. it doesn't mean that you should now go and lie on your resume to say you, you have experience in an area where you don't have experience in. Please, please, please. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you do have, or if you did have work experience, you know, in an area where your transcript falls short and for which the NC usually assesses people to write, then make sure to highlight that area in your resume so that there's a balance so that when the FLS looks at both your transcript and your resume they both come together to be like a well-rounded ball of education and experience and so you most likely be assessed to take just the five you know core NCA courses which are constitutional law administrative law foundations, criminal law, and professional responsibility, which whether you're in a common or civil law jurisdiction are trite. Like they're so important. Like you can't, you just can't do it with, with them. Right. So yeah. So that's my, uh, my message for today. <laughs> do with it what you will, please. Like I said, I have to repeat it again because I feel like, oh, this is now speaking to, this probably speaks to the mechanisms or the workings of this regulatory body called the FLSC. So I have to sound it again to say, this is just what someone told me. I 
do not it's not even personal opinion it's not legal advice it's nothing i'm just in fact i'm just sharing a story with you it's just a story right it's just gist so do with it as you will okay so i'm going to round off now by mentioning that uh please feel free to follow me on instagram at the sod podcast channel underscore and if there's any area you'd like me to touch on specifically please feel free to reach out to me by email at the sod podcast channel at gmail.com i don't have any other social media channels just because i feel it'll be overwhelming and i'm supposed to be posting this on youtube alongside apple podcasts and spotify but let's just do one thing at a time so this episode will be available on apple podcasts and spotify and we'll figure out youtube later okay um i hope you have a nice weekend i hope you enjoy the rest of your day i certainly am going to enjoy my enjoy (laughs) enjoy mine i baked meat pies yesterday so i'm gonna have some today and i'm going to go visit a friend and i have a picnic to attend tomorrow and yeah it's going to be a good weekend i think okay bye